Hello, and welcome back to the Tax Update. I'm Ron Cohen with the CPA firm of Greenstein, Rogoff, Olson & Company, LLP, here in beautiful Fremont, California. Our phone number is 510-797-8661, extension 237. Call anytime. Uh, we're going to spend this whole episode on the amazing things that have happened this week related to the coronavirus and various tax laws and other kinds of laws that were passed. Trillions of dollars have been authorized and are being spent to fight the virus and try to keep the economy going. But first of all, a few caveats. First of all, don't rely on anything you hear in this podcast. Be sure before using any numbers on a tax return or entering into any transaction that you've gotten advice from a qualified tax professional, giving them all the information, let them come up with their opinion and you trust them. Secondly, plagiarism is okay in the tax biz. We take information from the IRS and various state authorities, other preparers, other, other advisors. I try to give credit when I can, but do not think I am producing any works of art here. Uh, three, no politics. You can listen all day long and night to podcasts on politics. Here we try to stick with tax issues, although politics often drive tax policy, and I'll refer to that at time to time. We do lots of tax returns, obviously, for almost 2,000 clients, and we do planning, so we're happy to help. Also, I want to let you know I'm no cheerleader for the tax system in the U.S. I think it's way over-intrusive, tedious, boring, and it doesn't even uh, do the goal it has of raising enough run revenue to run the government. Our website is at www.groco.com, and you can take a look at us, www.groco.com. Okay, and here we go. All right. So, in response to the coronavirus and the rising caseload and the rising number of deaths. And from an economic standpoint, the lockdown shutdowns that have moved throughout the U.S. and throughout the, uh, the world. We're here in Fremont, California. About a week and a half ago, Governor Gavin Newsom locked down all of California because uh, three or four or five, nine counties had already started lockdowns and Telling everyone to go home except essential workers. And um, then the governor stepped in and made it statewide. As CPAs, I'm at work today because we're essential. We weren't for a few days, but the governor amended his, his announcement and his order, allowing CPAs to come to work if they can't otherwise do the work at home in most cases. And that was because we are essential to getting people their refunds, making sure people file their returns. And that's important uh, in that way to keep the economy going. But I carry with me evidence that I am a CPA and covered by that order in case the uh, police department decides to pull me over. All right. Well, Congress has done unprecedented work in the last two weeks. Today is Tuesday on Friday at the conclusion of the legislative process for the CARES Act, that is the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, CARES, was passed um, in the House of Representatives with one no vote. 
In the Senate, it was a unanimous 96 to zero vote. And the president immediately signed the bill when it got to him on Friday morning. Spending over $2 trillion, with a T, dollars in various stimulus and reimbursement programs and forgivable loans, which I'm going to get to in great detail, and various other related um, uh, funding programs for the government. Um, okay, so in that regard... Let's go right to what I think is the most important issue, which I have uh, sent emails out to all of my clients, that in the CARES Act, there is literally the opportunity to get free money. For businesses, uh, the free money can be obtained to offset qualified business expenses. And those are in the forms of grants and forgivable loans And uh, while that's not normally a tax issue that you talk to your CPA, these are interesting times. I'm passing along this information. Uh, Other other organizations with teams of reporters on Capitol Hill and staff writers have also written various summaries, and they're getting the word out also. But most importantly, I've already had three substantial clients call me saying they're on their way to the bank. And we hear reports the banks are overwhelmed because... They are trying to get these various types of loans. Let's go through to start off with the um, the CARES Act. There are seven types of provisions in there. There's the in, in individual stimulus payments, which I'll cover a bit. There's small business loans, including the forgive the forgivable paycheck protection loans. There's emergency governor government disaster loans and grants. There's subsidies for certain loan payments. For example, student loan payments have been deferred. There's various payroll credits, all kinds of credits against payroll taxes related to people who are uh, not at work because of the lockdowns or they're taking care of people um, in their family with uh, coronavirus issues. And for the now 3 million last week, probably 10 million by the time this week's over, uh, people who are just flat out unemployed uh, Congress enhanced the unemployment compensation for here in California. You go down to the Employment Development Department, you submit a request. It takes several weeks, takes more than several weeks. It takes a while. They have to confirm a number of things about you, but then you start getting weekly checks uh, while you're looking for work. And of course, look for work during this period of time because uh, so many pl- pl- places are closed down. Other places I hear are hiring, like Amazon, Walmart, and a uh, number of places, but of course, that's not for everyone. Okay, so um, I want to go to directly to the forgiveness and paycheck protection loans. We'll put various links to documents because, first of all, the bill was 1,800 pages, 1,800 pages. I certainly uh, can't go through too much of it here, but there are some very concise summaries of those bills. And we will put those as a link in the show notes here to some summaries. Um, The first two are out of Forbes magazine. Uh, They write better than I do and have a whole staff of uh, reporters and and, uh, have done a good job. But uh, most importantly, I've told my clients, you know, you may want to go to your bank and may want to check with your payroll company right away. I heard that the White House mentioned yesterday, Sunday morning, that um, in about a week, the banks are going to be given the instructions and the paperwork 
to secure these loans. And the great thing is that they are, in many cases, forgivable. So um, I'll just read here. Um, the SBA's Paycheck Protection Loan Program is really more of a loan that converts to a grant. Small businesses with fewer than 500 employees qualify and with some and will some larger companies. The program is aimed at helping businesses maintain their payroll during the significant business disruption caused by the coronavirus. Here's how the loan forgiveness works. Your company's expect expenses for the eight-week period after, after, after the origination of the loan will be analyzed. Every dollar your company spent on payroll, utilities, rent, or interest on a mortgage debt will be added together. That amount will be forgiven up to the total amount your company borrowed through the program. There's certain adjustments. Uh, you can't take into account salaries over 100000 If you lay people off after getting the loan, you start to lose some of the forgiveness. Uh, if you hire people after you have, take out the loan, you actually get more credit for how much can be forgiven and how much you can borrow. So um, there are many details of it. And what I'm telling clients today, uh, as we are learning about this, is, you know, go talk to your banker. Now, again, your banker is swamped because everyone's calling them. If you don't have a banking relationship, hey, establish one because it's literally free money and that you will fill out the paperwork. The loans are not secured by a personal guarantee. Um, and and uh, you will borrow the money as long as you have the expectation of having those expenses, uh, which if you're trying to stay open, you most likely have, will. Um, then it's free money. So, um, because it will be ultimately forgiven. The clear intent is to push money into the economy to cover various business expenses. I just want to say, we've never, never seen anything like this before. I mean, there were some minor programs in the 1930s that were similar under Franklin Roosevelt, but this is the first time I've been practicing since the uh, early 80s. First time I can recall where the government flat out uh, gave uh, the overall economy money. There were small individual cases like Solyndra, the company here in South Fremont under the Obama administration during the TARP time when uh, we were getting out of the 2008 debacle. Uh, individual companies were targeted. But this is for everyone. No personal guarantees. You don't have to pay it back. You just have to have uh, qualifying expenses that you can document, which that's not too hard, and um, um, you get the money. We will also attach uh, below this uh, show here a link to a wonderful article that goes through the enhanced unemployment benefits that people can get. Now, these were significantly amped up, uh, an extra $600 a week, and they were made so good that uh, some of the Republican senators were arguing and tried to get an amendment through to reduce those benefits because um, they said you do all, all the math, you end up with about 23 or $24 per hour. And Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina and some of his associates got up there and said, you know, in South Carolina, on average, not everybody, of course, on average, people don't make $24 an hour in South Carolina. So why will they be getting this? Now, it's not a, a, an intention to not be charitable, and I don't want to get too political or take sides, but his argument, not mine, his argument was by doing so, you give an incentive for people to stay home 
until all their benefits have run out. It's a fairly logical argument. Well, the Democrats would have none of it. Uh, Senator Durbin of Illinois got up there and said, hey, this is an emergency. We should give people all they can. If they get a little bit extra under unemployment uh, compensation, so what? And uh, the amendment filed by some group of Republican senators failed. And so these enhanced benefits, which are quite, quite generous, uh, and I say generous knowing being out of a job is horrible, but relatively speaking, to have pretty much 100% of your income, again, that's South Carolina here in California, I just have to laugh a little bit because, uh, you know, our cost of living is so high that that's, that's not even $24,000 a year. You know, you're barely buying beans. I mean, it barely keeps you alive. So, uh, and when you take into rent into account rent or some healthcare costs. Um, so uh, the, the, the magic of that, at least from my standpoint, is most people don't have to get involved with that. The, the, uh, the employee who is no longer employed, hopefully you'll hire them back when this is over, but uh, they have to get on the phone with their unemployment agency here. It's the Employment Development Department. Uh, they have a streamlined procedure where you apply online to some extent, but it takes many weeks. And uh, and an EDD official mentioned they were completely overwhelmed, and it will take them weeks and weeks to work through the backlog, and that will make everyone nervous, and rightly so. First, you've been fired. Two, you went to apply for unemployment. You can't. You don't even know. Uh, you know, I hear the their website's not responding. So you put your information in, you hit submit, and it doesn't say thank you. We're working. I just it just goes. Bye. Yeah, so I've heard that there's many, many practical problems. And, and in defense of the EDD, it's because they have never, ever, ever seen numbers like this before all at once. So all their systems are being overwhelmed. Okay, so what do I do right now? All right, first, let me read about the individual stimulus payment, which you really don't have to do anything. It's just going to happen. And uh, if you didn't get the full amount in what they're calling the advanced payment, which will come to you in about two weeks based on the IRS records that they already have, uh, then you, there will be a true-up calculation in the 2020 tax return. That's not the return that we're doing in 2020. That's the return we'll do in 2021 for the 2020 year. There's a true-up calculation. If for any reason you didn't get the full amount of the uh, individual stimulus payment that you should get, the TrueUp will give you the rest of it as a credit or refund in your 2020 return. So the most uh, well-published provision is the 1,200 recovery rebate for individual taxpayers. The rebate amounts are advanced refunds of credits against the 2020 taxes and equal to $1,200 for individuals or $2,400 for joint filers with a $500 credit for each child. Well, that's getting pretty big, 2500 2400 excuse me, plus 500 per child. The amount of each rebate is phased out by $5 for every $100 in excess of threshold amounts. The threshold amounts are based on the 2018 adjusted gross income, unless the 2019 return has already been filed. And the phase-out begins at $75,000 for single filers, 112500 for head of households and 150000 for joint filers. Well, that's a lot of math and word problems. Thus, the rebates are completely phased out, meaning you don't get nothing. For single taxpayers with adjusted gross incomes over 99000 
head of household with at 136500 and joint filers with a adjusted gross income over $198,000. Too bad for me. Nothing. Nothing. But okay, hey, I'm not complaining. Um, you can't be a non-resident alien. You can't be claimed on someone else's return. You can't be a trust or an estate. Um, you must have social security numbers. There's a number of details. Okay, so that's the big thing for individuals. What do you need to do? Nothing. It's just going to happen. Yeah, so the interesting questions come up for the elderly. A lot of elderly don't file returns because the only income they have is social security and maybe they have a small pension. Well, you know, you have to have income of like $30,000 or so before you even have to file in many cases. Uh, I might be a little high there. But they've said, well, what happens if I didn't file last year? Well, the IRS is going to go look at the 1099-Rs for pension and the 1099-SSAs for Social Security that hit your tax account because those payers sent those forms to the IRS, even though you didn't file a return because you didn't have to. They'll do a calculation. Well, your income is X, and um, um, you know they'll send the appropriate amount of the stimulus payment based on that. So that's pretty good. Again, you don't have to do nothing right now. And um, that's okay. I've had a question. Well, let's hurry up and get my 2019 return in because the amount of income is significantly lower than last year and blah, blah, blah. I think it's too late. It's too late. The IRS is going to start issuing those checks in two weeks. And if you know anything about the IRS, they run in 30 or 60 day cycles. So the amount of money that they're going to base those upon, if you don't have your 2019 return already in for a good while, not like yesterday, because even then it takes a 30-day cycle for it to get on the computer records, they're just going to look back at 2018 and that's it. Now, any difference, again, there'll be a true-up calculation in your 2020 return. If you're owed any more, you'll get it. You can account on it. We'll figure out how to anticipate it. You can reduce your withholding or your estimated tax payments. Take into account whatever true-up uh, payment you're going to get that you don't get into the advance payment. So worry not. It will all work out in the long run. And, um, um, you know, that's a good thing. Okay, uh, for small businesses, uh, please go talk, as I mentioned, to your banking relationship. And for a lot of people who don't have one, please go get one. <laughs> go down to Wells Fargo or Bank of America or U.S. Bank or, or your local credit union. Uh, anybody within the, the Federal Reserve banking system are going to be uh, fully up to speed, trained, given all the procedures and so forth, and we'll walk you through in a, I have a summary, which we will attach to the show notes here um, of what we know so far, right? These things are subject to update uh, at any time as all the, you know, the, uh, the, the regulatory bodies issue their internal rules and processes. But uh, what documents? So far, we understand if you're a business, uh, you produce some, some tax returns. If you're, uh, if you're a, 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 a contractor, self-employed person, they want you to bring in a 1099 that someone sent you to prove you have the income. And you can go in and get a loan. And uh, again, the good thing about this loan is no personal guarantee. That's what we always fear. If we can't pay it back, they're going to take my stuff. <laughs> no personal guarantee. Uh, and uh, then um, uh, later, uh, they will be forgiven. So it, in the long run, is free money. Payroll tax credits of various sorts 
that are far too complicated to discuss here. I may touch on it in a few bits. Go talk to your payroll service provider, ADP, uh, Paychecks, um, QuickBooks, whoever you're using to do your payroll. Um, and and they, I've been talking to Paychecks today. One of their represents, they're going through a whole ramp up exercise, training their people, getting their systems in place. They realize um, this is the where they have to be the quarterback and they are getting ready. Okay, so we'll uh, move along here. Let's get into a few more details on some of this. Okay, last week, where I didn't do an episode because I was too darn busy, <laughs> the IRS uh, stumbled through uh, with a couple of false starts trying to uh, tell everybody that April 15th is off. April 15th is no longer the deadline. First, they said, well, it's no longer the deadline unless you make over, I think it was $10 million, and uh, even then you have to file an extension form. Well, if I have to file an extension form, it has to be right, which means I have to figure out at least 90% of the final, final, final tax due, which means I sort of have to do the return. And uh, the AICPA, that's our lobbying group, the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, and a number of other organizations went to the Treasury Department and said, you don't know what you've done <laughs> to say I, I uh, don't have to file by April 15th, but I, but I still have to file an extension is basically meaning all the CPAs and accountants and, and little old ladies and everybody sitting on their coffee room table trying to work all this out still has to do it because you have to file that darn piece of paper uh, making sure that you've uh, estimated. This was the thing. You had to estimate what 90% of your tax was. Get that right. Get that wrong. There's penalties. You got to get it right but you don't have to pay it until July 15th. And again, we all complain, said, forget about it. Just forget about it, right? Make it all July 15th, right? I mean, the IRS always works in hindsight. You eventually file your return later. If you don't pay what you should have, they go back and penalize you on a daily basis for interest, a monthly basis for penalties. And uh, so let's just, you know, let's not start having millions of people have to hurry up and file a piece of paper. More people to extend that who would, than ever would have extended before because now you have people who would have never thought about extending, but they want to because they don't have to pay to July 15th, but they would have had to file an extension to get that extra 90 days. And uh, finally, uh, Steve Mnuchin, the Secretary of Treasury, and those folks relented and said, okay, we get it, we get it. We See, the, I'll, I'll get opinionated here. Those folks, when they're doing their tax returns, they pick up their phone and they call Price Waterhouse and they say, how's my tax return doing? Oh, what do I owe? Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye now. That's their tax season because they're extremely wealthy people who have teams of accountants and lawyers working for them. They're not like you and I. Well, I'll get my data together. Where are my 1099s, my W-2s, my partnership K-1s? Uh, you know, what did I spend on my mortgage? Okay, get it to my tax guy. Oh, he asked some questions. Geez, I answered these questions wrong in the questionnaire. Oh, you don't really mean you have a gold mine in South Africa. You just you just checked that box wrong. Yes, yes, I checked that box wrong. Okay, all right. Well, finally, we get to the right answer and we get the return done, right? Well, these folks don't have such problems. They have teams of, you know, they, they have home, what they call offices, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll stop. These folks have family offices. They have, again, teams of people making sure their car insurance is paid and their parking is paid and their donuts get paid for, right? They're not like us, right? So they don't understand to say, I need to file the extension form, put in the right number, but I get 
uh, till July 15th to pay it is a huge burden, terrible burden. And so finally the IRS gave up and said, you don't have to pay July 15th and you don't have to file an extension in order to do that. There'll be no interest or penalty between April 15th and July 15th. In addition, you don't have to make your first quarter estimated tax payment that would otherwise be due on April 15th for the current year. That's 2020. You don't have to pay that in by April 15th. You also get to July 15th to pay that in. Well, that's good. I don't have to figure it out, and I can stockpile the money a little bit. Now, they made a mistake, I think. They said, but you do have to make your second quarter estimated tax payment. This is the IRS. California waived it, said, forget it. Everything's off to July 15th. IRS said, no, the second quarter estimated tax payment, and I certainly appreciate many of you don't even do an estimate, you just have withholding. But for those who do, it's a big deal. Your second quarter estimated tax payment is on June 15th. So April 15th to June 15th. Well, June 15th is before, before July 15th. Well, you have to make your second quarter estimated tax payment. And that has been clarified in a ruling put out a few days ago by the IRS. All right, so I have to make my second quarter estimated tax payment before I make my first quarter estimated tax payment and before I file or extend my prior year tax return. Now, keep in mind that your estimated tax payments are somewhat based on last year's tax. But I don't know what last year's tax is because I haven't filed my extension yet. So you just have to make a good guess and round up. And we're hoping and praying that uh, because, again, these guys call Pricewaterhouse and Ernst & Young and say, do my return. Everything's cool. Yes. Goodbye. See you at the golf course. Right. That those of us who live in the trenches, uh, they will finally and the AICPA again has has gone to them and said, well, you you really don't understand how this works for us people down here who don't live up in, up in the highlands there in the ivory towers and have uh, family offices. The rest of us, this is a big deal. Please, please extend the second quarter estimate to at least July 15th when we otherwise have to finish last year's return. So hopefully they'll think all that through. I'm sorry to bore you with some of those technical things, but for a lot of people, that's a lot of money and a big important, important issue and completely illogical that you would owe your second quarter payment before you make your first quarter payment. And uh, then I'll just give a personal view. You know, if this virus keeps going and causes the death and destruction that it's continued, to, they'll just pull the plug on everything and say, look, you guys catch up with us by October 15th when you can, and it'll all work out. And everybody gets, you know, they, they burnt up $2 trillion. Again, not to be political, it's really $6 trillion when you take into account what the Federal Reserve Board has been authorized to throw into the economy. The issue about some poor little grandma's second quarter estimated tax payment interest in principle they may be missing, I think is, you know, they'll come to their, their senses. But as of now, you must make your second quarter estimated tax payment. We'll talk more next time about uh, some of the other deadlines that have been extended. And I just want to cover that uh, new federal credits and tax exemptions, payroll sick leave tax credits for required paid sick leave requires employers with fewer than 500 employees to provide 80 hours of sick time to employees who are unable to work for virus-related reasons. Employers with less than 50 employees can get an administrative exemption 
that uh, doing so would leave their company in jeopardy. And then we get into a lot of math. Pay is up to $511 a day for an overall limit of $5,110. And I'm just going to let you, uh, like I say, we'll put some of this in the show notes because, again, the the math. But there are credits. Uh, There is some mandatory pay. There's some credits for the the, uh, uh, employment taxes related to that. Okay, so in the CARES Act, there were a number of provisions that the Republicans got in there, the uh, repeal of the downward attribution rules, which has just been a complete nightmare for international companies, and a number of other provisions uh, that just didn't make it into the final bill. So if you're looking at the bill, uh, even the House bill, even the final House bill uh, has been greatly updated to the final, final bill that got passed by the Senate, then repassed by the House, and then signed by the president. So, so many news reports swirling around. Make sure when you're trying to figure out what all this means, you are absolutely looking at a summary of the final bill because a great many changes, uh, many of which were spurred on by uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi, um, did did things were taken out and other things were put in into what made it to the president for signature. All right, everybody stay safe, stay socially distant. Uh, and it looks like all of us get a few months to uh, relax a little bit. I'm working through all the backlog, trying to get all the work that's in out. Uh, even though it may not be due to a ju- till July, it's good to keep things moving along. And I encourage you the, the government absolutely wants you to file your return and get your refund as soon as possible. That's They view that as a stimulus program, and, of course, everybody wants their refund if they have one. So, okay, again, feel free to call us anytime. Happy to talk a little bit. I'm Ron Cohen, a tax partner at Greenstein, Rogoff, Olson & Company. We're at 510-797-8661. And again, don't rely on anything you hear you hear on this podcast. Make sure you validate it somewhere else before you use it in a transaction or put a number on a tax return and file it. Okay, everybody stay safe. Thank you. 